the nudge. <laughs> hey guys. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Nudge with Julian and Ash, where we dive into taking those difficult steps into conquering our goals. And we hope that you've learned some helpful information whilst listening to us so far. And we've been exploring some of our own stories, but we'll also be engaging in discussions with other young people and learning from their journeys with personal growth through giving themselves the nudge in the right direction. So today we'll be joined by emerging Australian actress Emily Coop, who has done this by making the big move to Los Angeles to pursue her career. So we're extremely excited to hear about her experiences and maybe bottle up some of that for our own lives. Yeah, but as always, we've been exploring the act of actively taking these foreign steps in different aspects of our lives, and that includes one that we discussed last week, which is habits, good and bad. And in our last episode on habits, Ash, we set ourselves the task to tackling each of our bad habits that we feel are getting in the way of our quality of life. Mine was tightening up my morning routine and yours was getting back into the gym. Yeah. How's that been for you? Yeah, it's actually been going really well. When I said that was going to be my you know, habit... I was a bit worried that I might not actually go through with it. Yeah, because we're holding ourselves accountable for it. Exactly, yeah. There's pressure. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, so it's been going really well. Been hitting up the classes, just went and did an assessment where they, you know, they weigh you and they do all that stuff. One thing, though, that I was a bit disappointed in, they were saying that my water is really low and we talked about yeah. that. Yeah. So I was I was on it. Yeah, you, you're self-aware. That's good. Yeah. But, yeah, I just need to take those steps to sort of, even though I am self-aware, getting to that next point where I actually make it a habit and get on my water a little bit more. So Yeah. What's yeah. your favourite workout? Oh, God. I don't really have a favorite work yet. Um, but I've been going to pump class. Okay. Which is like the weights. Um, it's like a lot of um, squats and lunges and things yeah. like that. Because I think I need to sort of build up my muscle tone a right. little bit more. So, yeah. Well, if you don't enjoy the actual act of working out, what's that reward that Ooh, we talked about last yeah. week that you're using to help motivate you? Having more energy is a okay. big one for me. And also, like, my um, like mental and emotional state. Mm-hmm. I find when I'm exercising or just doing anything sort of physical, I feel so much better. And I feel like I can take on more things. And I feel like motivated and things like that. I don't feel like things are weighing down on me and getting overwhelmed. But Ash, that's really good because for a lot of people, their reward is seeing results in the mirror. And yeah. I think that you seeing more internal results in regards to your energy, that shows that you're using that as fuel to yeah. better yourself in the I future. I mean, everyone wants to have physical results and yeah. I'd love that as well. But for me, that's the end game. And I think you know, everybody knows the benefits of exercising. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But how about you? So, yeah, I mean, I have been saying that I want to tighten up my morning routine. And it's something that I've been saying, oh, you know, I have to do it, I have to do it. But I hadn't actually been setting myself 
goals that I could actually see for myself and attain. So what I did was I set myself an actual time that I had to get up and out of bed, which was 7 a.m., so not too difficult. I'm starting small. I did that in high school every day, 5.36 a.m. I'd love to be one of those people, and I just can't imagine. I mean, it's so good because, like, you get everything done in the morning. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I've got two alarms, so my phone and my alarm clock, as I said, and I did wake up to both of them on that first day. And the night before, I had set myself a list of things that I had to do, and I set myself deadlines by the hour. And basically, a part of it was actually getting back into that mind frame of high school, which was a little bit like PTSD, Mm. but (laughs) minus the anxiety of having to go through exams and stuff like that. So getting up at 7am and giving myself plenty of time to have breakfast, do some morning yoga, shower, get ready, and then sitting in my desk like a regular working day at 9am at my computer writing. And I was 20 minutes early to work. Wow. <laughs> so I was at my computer with a cup of tea at 8.40 and I got started, which is which is nice. Like, yeah. So I was, I was starting well. But then, I mean, like the next day I was like 20 minutes late. <laughs> so it is... Baby steps. Exa- yeah, exactly, baby steps. But as we were saying last week, the actual art of behaviour becoming habitual takes time. But I am getting up at 7am, which is good. I think the habit for me more so is like the wasted time. So something else that really helped me, as I mentioned last week, I just started up my Instagram account at Julian Gasparri. If you want to follow me there, I need some followers. (laughs) But simply just checking your notifications in the morning is like what I do now whilst eating breakfast instead of sitting down and watching a show and wasting an hour. And it doesn't take me long to eat breakfast, so sitting down and having something to look at that doesn't take a lot of time is actually really good. For me, it's like reading a newspaper. I do read the newspaper and I do, you know, (laughs) read the news as well in the morning, but I'm not occupied by something to entertain me. Like, I'm getting that reward that we mentioned last week Mm. from looking through the notifications and getting up to date and up to speed on things regarding my Instagram. So, yeah, I found a good replacement. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's a replacement, isn't it? You've replaced one... It's still the same habit of looking at something, but you've just replaced it with a more positive... Absolutely. And actually keeping up that habit, I found. What works, for me at least, is instead of punishing myself for waking up late or for not achieving the first tasks at the deadline, I just remove the reward. So... When I would reward myself for achieving those tasks, like with a cup of coffee or listening to some music or going outside, I just wouldn't do that. So I would continue to work until I caught up. Mm. And I think that punishing yourself can really deter you from the situation in general Mm. and from continuing. Whilst removing a reward, it motivates you to do better next time so that you can be rewarded. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, I think we both made a really good start in enforcing some some new good habits whilst ending our bad ones. It's going to take some time, hopefully less than 66 days, as we mentioned (laughs) uh, last week. But, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, I hope so. And we'll continue to hold ourselves accountable for each new episode of the podcast but we're leaving it up to us to continue these good lifestyle changes so i think we'll initiate through the simple question of what's new and allow that to promote good habits and changes daily yeah i'm really excited about that it's going to be really great and i'm excited to tell everybody what's new next week yeah and also ash you just returned from thailand with your family how was that 
Yeah, no, it was actually really good. <laughs> I mean, like ups and downs, but right. um, such a nice break. Yeah, it was really nice to get to relax and just be in the warmth, soak up that vitamin D. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, I know we just said that the weekly accountability theme would be replaced with what's new, but a few weeks ago you did say that you booked an island hopping tour by yourself in a way for you to get away from your family to do something different. Did you end up doing it on your own? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least you did it. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to come along and, you know, I enjoy company. Yeah, you can't say no. The more the merrier. Exactly. Exactly. I think it was good. Yeah, like why stuffle yourself if if you know that you can have a better time with, you know, when you're around people? Exactly, yeah. And I did have some downtime on my own. I was, like, doing a little bit of writing over there and stuff like that. Awesome. What did you write about? Oh, just some stuff for our magazine. Awesome. Yeah. Did Did you journal as well? No, I didn't journal for this trip, actually. I I sort of only tend to journal for my big trips where I'm away mm-hmm. for a long time, um, where, like, I want to remember like, small, intricate things because you're seeing so much that you might forget. But, mm-hmm. on yeah, on these sort of smaller trips, I just sort of take it all in. Yeah, but enough about us. We do have a very special guest who will be sharing her own story on how she's given herself the nudge to achieving her goals. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Her name is Emily Coop and she is an Australian actress, singer, writer, director, uh, everything really, based in Los Angeles. After deciding to make the move abroad, she took on many projects to achieve and work towards success in her career. I think she's a fabulous example of growth, and we're really excited to have her on the show to share experiences. She's joining us today all the way from LA. How are you doing today, Em? Great, thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for joining us. We are very excited. And, you know, Julian's just had a read about you online and watched your videos, and he's yeah, very excited. checked out the showreel. Emily is very talented. I highly <laughs> recommend everyone check Emily out. But we'll leave the plugs to later. So, like, as we just said, um, you've made a huge lifestyle change but let's take it back a bit and I mean on the nudge we've explored goals and aspirations in all aspects of life what drew you to the arts of acting and directing um what drew me was the self-expression and just being able to be yourself uniquely and yeah just to make your own rules and to to have fun great and did you get into the arts and things like that when you were back in Melbourne yeah, I got into acting when I was about 16. I will, that's when I got an agent. Um, but I had been taking classes since I was about 12. I think it started with primary school when there was like an improv class at school with like a, a guy called Paul Hogan. And I was selected to be part of the like one of the lead people in the play. It was like, I think it was, uh, is it Troy? And I played King Agamemnon. So I played a guy. <laughs> You played a guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like my first role. And I remember getting it because I had a loud voice. And I think that was the only reason why. But I was like, this is really cool. And then we did improv and I hadn't had so much fun like making people laugh. Like that, honestly, I hadn't felt anything that made me feel as good as that. And so I got my parents to put me into acting class and I didn't know much about the business or how to get into it. I just did acting because I loved it. And then I won this course called like Hollywood Immersive and came to LA for a week and came back with like my eyes like wide open, like, oh my God, this is what I want to be. This is where I want to live. And I never in a million years, I mean, I dreamt of that, but I didn't know how I could do it because it just seemed so 
foreign and so like unattainable. But then I ended up winning something called the Green Card Lottery, which has been my golden ticket to live and work in LA, which is like amazing. So yeah, so that's kind of my journey with acting. And I did little bits and pieces in Melbourne, nothing like too big, but audition for a few things. And, and yeah, pretty much started from scratch again in LA, but that's how you got to do it. Unless you were like a series regular on Neighbours or Home and Away. Those are like your tickets to get to LA and like work already at that level. So like Margaret Robbie, she already was a series regular, um, and then she came here and got and got a really good agent and then booked I think another series regular role and, and now she's doing her thing. But um, so yeah, I think you kind of transition over at the level you got to in your hometown or, or country. So, see, so yeah, that, that's been my journey so far. Yeah. Wow. So unlike Margot, like you're starting from the bottom. Pretty much. So yeah, it's easy to get lost when there's so many people, especially my age, like our age, early 20s, early to mid 20s. I'd say this age range is swamped by people. And I think as you get older, although it gets harder because they expect you already to have credits, in a way, it almost gets easier because people start dropping off as it gets harder, as like life goes on and people want to have a family, get married and buy a house. Those are things I want to do as well and I, I plan to do them. But yeah, I guess some people just go, oh, like, it's not worth the hard lifestyle because mm. it is hard. It's funny. I literally I just went to Ohio with my boyfriend, came back and I told my manager I was getting back that day. So I'm actually still on the plane. I turn on my phone and switch off airplane mode and I have an audition the next morning at 11 a.m. and I didn't get home until 9 p.m. I was jet lagged and I had no food and so it was like, oh, like thrust into it. So it's like a scramble to, to go and like not make a fool of yourself <laughs> and, and to do a good job. But so yeah, that's, that's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a bit and crazy. I, it's interesting that you say that there's lots of expectations for you to have the experience when, you know, we're so young and you think, oh, how do we get that experience when the roles that we seek tend to require that? And I think that there's so many parallels between a regular career or even, you know, in journalism uh, like us yeah. to, you know, the arts and acting, something that's way up there for, for most people. It's the same for everyone, isn't it? Because I feel even back over here, Em, it's like you've got to have experience to get the lowest level job. And it's just yeah. that's, that's so ridiculous because where are you going to get that experience? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just read a book called 10 Things I Wish I'd Known When I Left College or something by Maria Shriver. So she's Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. She's a Kennedy and stuff like that. Oh, she actually was a journalist as well. And she started from the bottom. And you guys might like this book because it's specifically um, journalism. But she said that one thing you should never do is to not be humble enough to start from the bottom. Like, you need to do anything, like, for free and just work your ass off and, like, go crazy. And, yeah, so for me, like, doing unpaid acting roles here, doing student films, doing one-liners on TV shows, like, even that's pretty good. That's why I also think acting's a, um, it's a hard profession to get into. But you know what? You're right. Every profession's hard, so you may as well... Do work really hard and struggle at something you really want to do as opposed to, to work hard and struggle at something you don't really want to do. Because exactly. in any field, even freaking call centers, it's probably hard and a struggle. <laughs> so you may as well struggle at something you're passionate about. 
Yeah, and there's even parallels between like a typical nine to five job to acting in a sense where all of this experience, whether paid or unpaid, goes towards a CV. And in your case, your CV is your IMDB page. Exactly. So has there ever been a moment where you felt, Ugh, I don't want to do this gig, but I need to update my IMDB page. I need to have something recent. Let's just do it. That's a tricky one because it's better to have no credit on IMDB than it is to have a kind of shitty credit. Right. Sometimes it's better to have quality over quantity because there's some actors who have like 20, 30, 40, in quotes, credits, but they're just wishy-washy like their friend's done it or it's something very amateur. And that doesn't really say anything. Like mm, It sort of comes under the uh, overqualification bracket mm. because, you know, oh, you're investing all your time in all these crappy projects when you could have invested your time in something like this or even just like yeah. a question mark, like nothing there, like you said, at least raises the question, what have you done? Then you could say, oh, I've done this off the record or that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think for me, because I've done enough little unpaid things to kind of do do that, I wouldn't do it necessarily for IMDb unless it was like something I haven't done before, like a lead in a feature film or like a, like a support in a feature film. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of putting value on yourself as well. Like I think in the beginning when you're starting out, do do as much as you can just for the learning experience. And then once you've got to a point where you feel like you could be on a professional set or a professional job, then limit how many little jobs you do. And you don't have to put them on your resume anyway, even if you do all these little jobs. Yeah. But the golden question for all of us young people is when do you take that step to do bigger and better things? It's funny because there's also a question of ego and humility. Mm-hmm. So there's been times where my ego has been like, I'm too good for this. I shouldn't do it. But then really I should get over myself and just do it. Like there's been things in the past where I should have done it when I didn't do it because I thought I was too good or I just couldn't be bothered where I should have, I should have done it. So I guess for people in general, it could be just, you feel really confident. Like you're, you're being consistent, you're consistently good. You're getting good feedback. Like people are telling you, it could also just be a gut feeling. I think a good indication is when you feel stagnant and you're getting bored. So it's like, what's that next thing? What's that next challenge? Because as soon as you stop growing and being challenged by, by your job and what you're doing, it's time to move on. Like, if you get excited by it, you should do it. And if you don't, don't do it. Even if something is, say, a career step forward, but it doesn't excite you, sometimes it's better not to do it. But then if it's something at your level or even worse, but it does excite you, then sometimes it's worth doing that. It's just a matter of following your heart. So there's no clear answer to when's the right time. Sort of when you feel it, right? It's so much about instinct, I feel. Yeah, it is. Because sometimes logically on paper, something might make sense. But then in your heart, you you wouldn't want to do it. And for you, Em, you know, when you first got over to LA, I sort of want to take it back there. How was that first year for you? Oh, my God, it was so hard. I, I made so many mistakes in the first year and I was also very naive. I moved across when I was 21 years old and I didn't really take a small gradient because I was living at home with my parents and worked casually and really didn't pay for anything and didn't really understand bills and was very naive about things. So I moved out across the world and I had to learn everything the hard way, like there's bills, like gas, electricity, Wi-Fi, like phone bills. And I was lucky that my parents supported me for the first like six months. 
But then it got to a point where they were like, oh, we can't support you anymore. And then I was like, oh, my God. And I was I freaked out and came home and had to reassess things. But, yeah, and then after that, I was like, oh, my God, I have to start working full time. And I have. I, and I've been working full time ever since. But it was really a blessing in disguise because I, I had to learn sooner or later. And being put in that sink or swim situation just forced me to have to, like, get off my ass and actually earn, like, earn being there like, and to not expect my parents to support me because it doesn't do you any good um but yeah I guess overall the first year was pretty tough pretty lonely because I lived by myself as well and I didn't have any friends there really and and it's been a couple of years now and I only really feel like I'm settled in after a couple of years like I feel like I've got a base and like things are going really well um but the first year was was tough but I imagine the first year in any country is tough yeah, even yeah. at such a young age as well, to move away and not have anybody. It's quite brave yeah, of you. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny, like, I think because sometimes it's better to be naive and just jump into things because I really didn't know what to expect. And because of that, I didn't really think about it too much. But it's funny, when I moved out across the world, I didn't think about of it like, oh, my God, my life is going to be different forever. Like, my life is literally going to change. I didn't think of it like that. I was like, oh, LA, like adventure. But yeah, like life changes. Like my life is compl- like completely different now. Um, and yeah, it was so worth it. It's so, I don't regret it. So yeah. And the financial strains can be enough for a lot of people to really give up on their dreams. And it can take a while before you end up reaping the benefits. <laughs> so what type of work do you do to keep yourself above water so that you can pay for all these bills and sustain yourself while you go for your acting gigs? I found a really good job, which I'm actually doing right now. Because <laughs> it's the only time we had. It's a driving job. It's like food delivery jobs. Actually. Okay, so but that explains great. the noise in the background. <laughs> yes, that explains the noise in the background. So yeah, it's, it's such an easy job. I just pick up and drop off food. The pay is pretty good. It's um, a bit above minimum. Well, quite a lot above minimum, really, because minimum is like $10 here, which is crazy. Yeah, it's um, so different to Australia when you think about it. Like, we paid quite well over here. Let me tell you, Australians have it so good. Like, mm. here... We don't have health. We don't have free healthcare. Um, the minimum is ten dollars, and there's no like real unemployment. I mean, there is, but it's nowhere near the same as, as Australia. Honestly, Australians have a much better standard of living than Americans. Do you think that you would have made the move if Melbourne were more of a nucleus for acting and also to really make a name for yourself in the industry? Uh, that's yeah. That's a good question. Um say if Melbourne was as big as LA then you know what Melbourne probably would be as crazy as LA so I wouldn't have to leave so I guess no but I also like the idea of living in a different country as well so I guess the answer is yeah I I still would have moved oh I don't know maybe not (laughs) I suppose that's like an alternative universe sort of thing Yeah, yeah I mean we always talk about wanting to make the move overseas and, you know, working over there and how it's so... It can be really difficult for young people as well, especially if you lived in the same area your whole life in Melbourne, like Julian and I both have done that. I mean, we lived in our um, 
respective towns for our whole childhood and suburbs. Towns, <laughs> <laughs> towns was too small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Made us sound too country, I think. Yeah, by yeah. Being like well, well, now, well, now you're the country one of all of yeah, us. Yeah, I Shepparton. know. I know. So, I guess sort of uh, a question that I have as well is what is the greatest thing that you think you've learnt so far from your experiences? This past two years have been intense. I feel like I've learned so many things about myself, about the world, about what I want out of life. I think some of the most important things I've learned are that no matter what happens, I can look after myself. Like, I'm strong enough to be independent. I don't need anybody else. Like, I will survive no matter what. That's one. And another thing I've learned is... I don't take myself or life too seriously because at the same time, we're all going to die anyway, so we may as well make the most of it. So that's what fuels me to keep pushing through tough days because I think there's there's a bigger picture than the here and now of what I'm doing. And also, this is, my, this is very cliche, but the most important thing is love. Like, <laughs> it's so true. If everybody did something out of a place of love, the whole world would be a different place and people are just so angry and so like here especially they're very angry very like go-getters like very jealous and like angry at each other um yeah hollywood <laughs> can be really cutthroat it, oh man it is but i think if, if you live in a place of love and treat others with a place of love and vibrate at, at a high level you'll attract people at that at a similar level it's funny because when i first got here i felt like i was uh, not a low vibration person, but definitely wasn't as moral. I wasn't just, I didn't do things out of a place of love all the time. Like I let anger fuel me. I let hate fuel me. Whereas now I like to let love fuel me. Like I like to let positive emotions fuel me rather than being like, I'm going to do this to show them or I'm going to beat this girl cause she's better than me. It's like, no, it's like, I wish these people well. And so I guess to get one step closer to self mastery self-understanding i think is the most important thing there's a saying like if you can understand and control others that's true power but if you understand yourself that's true wisdom or something something like that it's like a, a buddhist saying but yeah it's just saying that it's more the most important thing is to understand yourself because if you understand yourself then you are truly powerful because so much shit has happened excuse my french while i've lived <laughs> here to me like like I've had my car towed and I've got my heart broken and thought I was going home and also auditions like I'd be auditioning a lot and then be disappointed and suddenly we'd have no auditions and at one point I would base my happiness on external things and, and auditions and whatever whatever but now I base my happiness on my my core myself like I'm like a tree trunk and I'll sway with the wind but I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not dependent on these other external things. Like, I know even if I quit acting and I became something else, something if I did something else I was passionate about, I'd be just as happy and as passionate. Acting is just something I do. Like, it's just another form of expression. I might say the same thing about being a painter or a dancer, but I, I just like acting the most, I think. Uh, and, and I've just fallen into it, kind of. But I think, Well, I think all these experiences, including the move, 
clearly shows growth. Like you are very self-aware. You are very well-spoken. I think that's like the best lesson we can all learn from any drastic lifestyle change to chase your dreams. But you just expressed how you move past all the negative vibes and whatever, but that doesn't necessarily rid them from existence. Like as a young actress who's just moved to LA, it must be a really rocky road, especially with auditions or whatever. Have you experienced a lot of rejection in your two years in LA? I would say I've only experienced rejection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, I mean, 90% of it, I'm, like I've heard this about acting as well, like booking a job is like dicing on the cake. Your, your job as an actor is to audition. That is the hard work. Yeah. You book it, that's like the holiday. So right now I'm doing the hard work of building contacts and connections with casting directors. I've got agents, I've got an agent, I've got a manager, whatever. So I'm out there auditioning, do, do, like doing it. It's just a matter of being, it's, it's that saying of being in the right place at the right time, the right age, whatever, and being ready for it, like being good enough, prepared. Because like I'm being called back into some offices and stuff, and that's all I can do. It is casting people like you, they'll call you back. And eventually they'll be the right fit for you the role and so that's my job and when you think about it simply not auditioning would have the exact same outcome as auditioning and receiving rejection so at least you're putting yourself out there to potentially be in the right place at the right time be the right fit for a certain role you're opening yourself up to the industry and to these people that's the way to do it really so simply not trying has the same outcome as rejection so it takes a really strong person to pretty much get rejected every single day for a living so i highly commend you em (laughs) oh thank you i mean it's like i mean but then it's funny like i get it rejected a lot but then there's nuggets of amazingness so for example i might get a callback or I might be put on hold for something or or have a win, like a small win, or I just have an awesome audition and I'm so good and I feel so connected and I just do a great job and I go, it's worth it for these moments that nothing else can compare it to. Because when you act, it's almost like you're on a high. It's like taking drugs and for a moment you just escape. It's it's almost a very spiritual experience and it just shakes life up. It makes it not boring because I find that If it's the same every day, I get bored and I like the surprise and craziness of it. It keeps you coming back to the next audition and the next one after that. Yeah. um, Another thing I suggest to everybody is to get a mentor because I've got like an acting mentor and I like to surround myself with people who who I look up to and who, who are better than me. I like to surround myself with people who are 20, 30 years older than me. Like Some of my best friends are about 10 to 20 years older than me. Do you have any acting mentors that we may or may not have heard of in LA? Yeah, um, one woman I work with frequently is her name's Kim Jackson. It's a K Y M Jackson. You can Google her on IMDb, but she's done a bunch of stuff, like lots of things on American TV and I think some Australian stuff. She's 35, so she's a, a pretty much 10 years older than me, but I have like catch-ups with her every month. She has like a mentoring service, so like it's like a, a paid service, of course. But we're definitely friends, and I don't know, I'd, um, I'd recommend to everyone, find someone who has got what you want and just learn from them and stuff. Oh, and she, and she wrote a book called The Hollywood Survival Guide as well, which you can check out, which is for any actors who want to move to LA. It's very useful. I, I read that before moving here. 
there as well. So, so yeah, that's it. It's great that you prepared yourself by reading that book. And who knows, maybe once you feel like you've mastered the uh, the <laughs> art of Hollywood, like maybe you can write your own little book. But I think that what you've expressed on this episode of The Nudge has been really inspiring just to remind everyone to follow their dreams and to, to go for it. Don't let any negative people or any negative actions like rejection get in the way of that. And so Yeah, you are definitely very inspiring, Em. And I I really hope that other people really learn from what you've shared with us today. And Em, do you have any advice for young people out there that want to make a similar move? Yeah, I've got a message. Always stay true to yourself and just follow your heart and and all it does. (laughs) And follow your passion. So yeah, that's my spiel. But yes, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Em. Hopefully your story can inspire any listeners who are aspiring actors or are striving to achieve things in their competitive fields and give them insight and inspiration to give themselves the nudge to moving forward with their goals. Yeah, definitely. It was so great having you, Em. And if you guys want to keep in touch with Em or learn anything more about her, you can check out her website. It's www.emilycoupe.com. Or you can check her out on Instagram at Emily Coop, or you can give her a Google and you can find her IMDb page. Yeah, definitely. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us, Em. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks. See you. Bye. See ya. But yeah, that was a great chat. Yeah, so inspiring. I think that if you know what you want to do with your life and where you want to be, I think that a big thing is changing your environment. You need to be around the right people. You Mm. need to be in the right location. And for Emily, that was LA. You know, that's the nucleus for acting. (laughs) Yeah, I think she was pretty brave to have gone and done that at 21, you know, Mm. and not knowing anybody over there and having to establish herself. I think when I think back to when I was 21, what, that was our, our first year out of uni? Right. And I was just floating around. Like, I just wouldn't have been ready to make a move that big at that age. And you don't think big. Like, you don't think... like You you think, oh, I have to start small, I have to start from the bottom, which, I mean, in most cases is true. But when we hear of the stories of people who have done amazing things, they all took big risks. Yes. They all all did big things. They all have some amazing story that involves a lot of mistakes, a lot of down days. And like Emily said, like, her job as an actress is to audition and 95% of it is getting rejected. It's the little, the glimmers of hope that keeps her going, which are in the form of acting gigs. And I think that a lot of young people are very put off by rejection and it makes it difficult to keep moving on. But when you surround yourself by other like-minded people, I mean, LA is practically, what, 80% aspiring and emerging actors? Yeah, probably. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, you're so right, the rejection thing, it's so hard and people don't want to be rejected either mm-hmm. like I and I'm sure all these people that have gone out there and they've hustled and things like that they didn't want to be rejected but they just had a thick enough skin to keep getting back up and exactly yeah but the idea is that there's a lot more opportunities exactly. to be rejected but at the same time to be accepted and taken in as well as opposed to Melbourne and I mean for me with like what I want to do obviously Melbourne is is great for for mm. academics and for journalists but we do often have to take the move like what you've done moving to Shepparton is like the stereotypical way yeah. to, to take a step forward in journalism which is great yeah in the, tra- <laughs> in the traditional sense and I think for me and my own personal development like a move would be 
amazing. Our move would be essential. I don't know where to. We've both said we would love to work overseas. Mm. And who knows, changing your environment will change your inspiration. Yeah, I think it's really about fully immersing yourself in what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um not going at it half-heartedly. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, sometimes we do that when we're young as well because, yeah, we just don't know and we don't... It's the fear of the unknown, really. Yeah. yeah. Or even sometimes you don't think, like, we're worthy. Like, yeah, I think taking risks is important. Thing. We should totally, it's like, take some risks and do some big things and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. In, the f- in future weeks. <laughs> but, yeah, we've had a really great show, Ash. Yeah, it's been great, hasn't it? Yeah. And once again, if you guys want to check out some of Emily's work online, you can go to her website at emilycoop.com. And if you yourself have your own story that you want to share on the show, head to facebook.com slash the nudge podcast. Get in touch with us, guys. And even if you don't have a story to share, make sure you head there and... <laughs> and like us. We're so close to 100. Yeah, we're, I want to yeah. hit that 100. Let's hit 100. That's that's <laughs> the goal. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram at The Nudge Podcast. Yeah, and if you want to listen to this episode again or share it with somebody else, you can head over to Omni or iTunes to hear the podcast again. But yeah, thanks again, guys, and you'll hear from us next week. Bye, guys. Bye.